Hi everybody, I'm Michelle Jewsbury and this is Tuesday Talks about domestic violence. Today we're going to talk about the misconceptions of domestic violence, just a few. I have about four listed that I'd like to talk about. Um, this might be a touchy subject for me, so if I get emotional I apologize beforehand. Um, I oftentimes heard in my relationship, why don't you leave, or uh, if, if he hits you one time, just get out, just just leave, why, why do you put up with that? And it's a lot more difficult than that. Um, us women feel like we love our abuser um, very, very much, and those feelings and those emotions are very real and very raw. So some of these topics uh, that we're gonna be discussing today, um, I will be giving you statistics along with some background information on what happened to me. So, um, here we go, all right. So the first one is a lot of people don't think that domestic violence is that prevalent, but it is. It's not unusual. It's definitely something that, uh, excuse me, somebody is texting me. Uh, it's definitely, there we go. It's definitely something that happens a lot more frequently than you'd think. Um, about one in four women and one in seven men will experience domestic violence at some point in their lives. Um, there, there is less social acceptance of it now, but it still happens a lot, as you can tell by those statistics. Um, I got that from cosmopolitan.com. Um, and then let's see. According to womensafe.net, these are horrible. Uh, the courts continued to uphold a man's right to punish his wife with violence until 1871. In 1910, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that a wife had no cause for action on an assault and battery charge against her husband because it would open the doors of the courts of accusation um, and it could bring into the public notice complaints for assault slander. Uh, which is awful. And uh, in 1967, the first shelter finally opened. And as recently as 1977, the California Penal Code stated that wives charging husbands with criminal assault and battery must suffer more injuries than commonly needed for charges of battery. So this was 1977. Um, charges of battery, you have to have extreme, <laughs> extreme, um, um, emotional distress, physical um, suffering, things like that for assault and battery. And a lot of women are abused emotionally, sexually. Um, a lot of women are, are hit in places that, that nobody can see. So I'll kind of go into one, one incident that happened to me. Um, this was the second really bad session, I call them, uh, that happened to me in my former relationship. And uh, he beat me for about three hours. Um, sexual violence raped me. Uh, physical violence hit me, strangled me, um, pushed me up against the bed. Uh, his favorite tactic was to put his fingers underneath my tongue and draw blood. And those injuries, nobody could see on the outside. He never punched me in the face that time. He never hit my eye like he did prior. Um, 
So after that incident, I, I had no physical injuries. Uh, my throat, of course, was swollen. I had, you know, a little bit of, of marks around my neck. Um, and I couldn't swallow, of course. And then, you know, my mouth was bloodied. But there was no other evidence. So according to 1977, I wouldn't have been able to do anything. Um, in 1984, the Family Violence Prevention and Services Act was finally passed. Um, and that actually has been helping a lot of victims and survivors of domestic violence. It's, it's tough to think that even back in the 70s and 80s, domestic violence was looked at as a commonality, as, um, as, as the president of Russia just signed. It's, he signed it's legal to beat your wife once a year in Russia right now, and this is 2017. So can you imagine the United States in the 70s with women who were being violated and abused and there was nothing that they could do? So that's really good. Um, domestic violence is not always physical. This is the second misconception I'd like to talk about. I briefly discuss, discuss some emotional violence that has happened to me, um, some physical violence, of course, and um, sexual violence. There are tactics that abusers use to discriminate against, to control, and to manipulate their victims. A lot of it is subconscious. In my past relationship, it definitely was subconscious with him. He didn't know on a, on a conscious level everything he was doing. Um, I remember waking up multiple mornings after sessions um, where he would turn to me and just start crying because he was sorry for what he did and, uh, and he didn't mean to do it. So at some point, he loses control of himself and he attacks and beats, um, which, is, which is ridiculous. And another, another misconception is that drugs and alcohol are always involved and that it's the cause of domestic violence. Now here's the thing, an abuser is an abuser, no matter what. Drugs and alcohol will, will limit his inhibitions, but he will abuse if he's drunk, stoned, high on something, or sober. In my case, my abuser never really physically harms me when he was sober, but he definitely controlled me, manipulated me, um, yelled at me, screamed at me, threw things at me, broke things in the house, hurt me uh, emotionally, psychologically. And when he drank is when the demon came out uh, where he physically assaulted me. So this video ran a little bit long, I apologize. Um, but those are just a couple of misconceptions and I look forward to talking to you guys next week.